0: The Lost Boy in Gigantis A Scarecast original written by Darkly Gathers. Park is quiet this evening, just as I knew it would be. My little brother grabs my sleeve and jumps up and down, dragging me between the rides towards the one he really wants to see, his all-time favorite, Gigantus. I laugh and let him do so, looking all around as we make our way across the theme park. Place is nice when it's not so busy. Neon lights and signs hum softly in the orange tipped evening shade. The distant rattle and whirr of a roller coaster are accompanied by the whoops and cheers of the patrons on board. I close my eyes and take a breath of warm, dusk air. I like the sense of timelessness the most. The park's been around for decades and it's comforting in a way to think that previous generations will have experienced the wonder in almost the exact same way that I am doing right now, on this particular night. The Park won't be open for much longer, but that's okay, I have one of those passes that allow me to more or less come and go as I please, so it's not a cause for stress we pass by some concession stands and a map of the park. And right there, towering over the trees in the near distance, is the tip of the ride we're heading towards, the summit of the great steel skeleton of Gigantus. Gigantus is a monster. Once made entirely of wood, it was converted into steel not long ago ancient wooden beams and bones of its body were primarily switched out for a metal spine and reinforced ribs, such that loops and steeper drops could be incorporated. However, it still retains much of its wooden origins in the design, giving it a chimeric or otherworldly appearance. There are many stories about this ride. Disturbing stories about accidents, deaths, and unsolved, unsettling secrets. Not surprising, really, when you consider how old that thing is. But still, the theme park doesn't care, it only serves to bolster the ride's mystique. And here's a fun fact for you, did you know that after someone dies on a roller coaster, interest in that coaster and attendance at the park actually increase everybody wants to ride the death trap to prove their bravery i guess thrill seekers Gigantus draws closer last ride shouts out the attendant as we approach she stands by a gaping dark entrance through an ironwood arc. Steps that will lead us up to the waiting zone are just barely visible in the gloom beyond. Last ride of the day! Hey! I call out to her. Wait, we're coming! I look down at my little brother. Come on, Jack, you ready? Let's go! Jack grins and sets off at a run. And I run with him across the stretch of ground to the ride, where the attendant waves us through. Our footsteps make loud, clattering echoes as we ascend the steps. On a busy day, these will be stacked full of people, of visitors waiting to board. But for now, they're quiet and empty. We make it to the top and weave our way through the rope dividers until we were standing with the others. I say others, but it's just four people, six including us, waiting for the very final ride of the day. Rattling bids me to turn my head and the coaster appears to our far left, grinding along the rails and noisily trundling to a gradual stop right before us. Bars are raised and the previous smattering of people get out. Their shadows across the wooden boardwalk as the sun sinks below the horizon. Okay, next group, calls the attendant. And on we go, us six, with the entire roller coaster to ourselves. The group of four go to the cart at the very front, but Jack and I head instead to the back. There's a certain thrill of having the force of the roller coaster merge with gravity as it hauls you over the edge of a steep, terrifying drop. Hands and feet inside, calls out the attendant, the young man with the green cap. He strides down the side of the carts and reaches in, giving the bars across our laps and our shoulders a quick shake before sticking his thumb up to the girl behind the controls. The rattling of the coaster grows louder, and we jump as it suddenly judders forward. Jack looks at me with excitement, tugging on my sleeve. This is it, he says excitedly. We made it. Yeah, I reply with a smile. We sure did. And away we go. Carried steadily along the still, gnawing teeth of the coaster. My heart pounds in time to the rattling of the rail. Carts of Gigantis are gradually carried out from beneath the wooden shelter and out and up into the night. The last rays of the sun glint like orange fire in the coaster's metal interspersed with those beams and bones of wood. The beast growls as we are carried around the track, and then upwards, upwards towards the dark sky. My stomach lurches as we are tipped backward and carried up to the first summit, the tension building as we go up and up and up, and I do something that I know I am not supposed to. I reach into my pocket and carefully withdraw my phone, tapping on it and opening up the camera. I've always wanted to get some footage of one of these rides, and I decide in the moment that it's worth the risk. Up ahead, I can see the first cart of the coaster get carried up and over the summit. The faint crescent moon in the sky disappears behind a cloud. For a moment, the coaster hangs in dreadful, thrilling balance. I raise the phone, and then the balance breaks. We lurch forwards, accelerating rapidly as the coaster is dragged down the arc of the monster's spine. Our last little cart at the back is rocketed upwards and then hauled over the summit at considerable force. The wind rushes warm and fierce back into our faces like a dragon's breath as we are dragged down, down through the skeleton of wood and metal and through the dancing, twisting shadows. Jack screams beside me with delight. I grip my teeth and lather them as we are thrown hurtling around a corner. And it's in this moment that a number of things happen at once first is a sudden blast of quick white light, the camera flash, presumably capturing our expressions in a photograph for us to see at the ride's end. The second is the sudden loss of my grip of the phone, slick with sweat. The device rises up and out of my hand and disappears as I fumble and fell in my attempts to save it. And third, to my utter shock and dismay, is the quickest, briefest glimpses of a face in the shadows. Behind the flash of the camera, two intense, staring, silvery eyes. The silhouette of a small body, a kid by the looks of it, hidden amongst the beams of the ride. A boy with a pale face, moonlight hair, and a tattered striped t-shirt. As quickly as he appeared, however, with this image burnt into my brain, the boy was gone. He vanished as the ride threw us around to the left. I swivel in my seat and shout out, Hey! Hey! Who's there? Panicking now at the thought that there is some little kid clamoring about in the mechanisms of the ride, what would happen if we hit him? And more selfishly, what would happen to the ride, to its occupants? I twist around in my seat as the coaster pounds between Gigantus' ribs. Hey! I shout out to the attendants, to anyone. Though in hindsight, it is doubtful that they would have heard me. Hey! There's a kid on the ride! There's a kid by the tracks! They're gonna get hit! But of course, my shouts go unanswered, thanks to the rushing of the air and the clattering of the track. I'm not even sure my brother can hear me, and he's sitting right beside me. I turn to face where we are going. Pulse racing and knuckles white as I grip the bar, filled with the fresh terror that the cart is going to strike some kid hanging around where he isn't supposed to be. But still, it makes no sense, we're way up high off the ground, the platforms are far and few between, there's no way a kid would be able to climb all the way up here, right? It's not possible. But I know what I saw, the face with two faintly glowing eyes in the gloom. There for a second, and then gone, a boy in a striped shirt. The coaster tears along the tracks, we are hauled up to new heights and then sent plummeting down and around, new loops and arches the g-force heavy against my chest as we are carried upside down in a wide arc, the night sky blurring with the shadows of the beams. At long last, after what feels like forever, the coaster makes its final turn and begins to decelerate, clanking and wearing as it trundles to a stop, and before long, the bars and locks are released. We are free to exit the ride. I want to go again, says Jack, jumping up and down and grabbing onto me. Can we go again? One of the ride operators crosses the boardwalk just behind me, his feet tapping against the wood. Sorry, kid, he says with a for appearances grin. Last ride of the day. Feel free to come back tomorrow, though. Hey, I say to the guy, stepping up to him. Hey, can can I talk to you for a sec? The operator pauses, looking me up and down. Uh, sure. How can I help? I tell it straight. Look, this will sound crazy, I know, but... I think there's a kid up there on the roller coaster beams. There's a pause. Uh, what? The guy replies as the only other visitors to the ride depart out of sight. The little group heads through a series of wooden arches and down a set of stairs. Their laughter trails off and is lost. The ride's constant wearing and The ever-present background noise is quiet, faint, and yet unsettling. It somehow feels as if it might be slowly, steadily drawing in. I'm serious, I tell him. Up in the beams of the roller coaster, there's a kid hanging out in there. I don't know how he got up—wait, sir, are you absolutely sure you saw a child? and amongst the architecture of the coaster? I I don't really see how that's possible." Jack looks between us as I raise a hand to my forehead. "I, "'I just don't want anybody to get hurt, that's all,' I say to him. And yes, I saw a kid. Everything okay over there?' A couple of further operators come to join us, probably to see what we were talking about now that the ride was closed for the day. One of them is a girl who started the ride, and the other is a woman about a decade or so older, she's the one that speaks now. We all good here? Feel a small bubble of frustration rise up. I consider just letting it go and walking away, maybe I just imagine things. It's dark out and the coaster has a lot of flashing lights to obscure vision. Maybe I didn't see anything at all. But no. I'm certain. I can still see him. Staring back at me. Holding tight to one of the beams. And his expression. Well, his expression was hard to place. But he was watching me. That much I'm sure of. A boy, I say one last time. There's a boy all by himself clambering up and all over the beams of the coaster. You need to call security or something and try to find him. He'll be in danger. I mean, even if the coaster's finished for the day, it's a long drop down to the ground. As I say these words, a boy, the girl shoots her colleague a quick, uneasy glance. The elderly woman, however, simply crosses her arms and shakes her head. Sir, I'm sorry, but that simply isn't possible. There's no way in hell that a child could have gotten past us without us noticing. And all the way into the ride? No, impossible. I sigh and shrug. Alright, fine. But I'm just warning you. I wouldn't want anyone to get in trouble. I I was just up. I took out my phone to take a quick video, near where the camera flash goes off." The woman frowns at me. "'Sir, you you are not permitted to use your phone on the ride.' "'Yes, I know, I know, but that's where I saw the boy, just watching me. Come on, don't you believe me? Could have been the ghost.' The girl mutters darkly, and the boy chuckles. The woman shoots her a glance. Rhea, please. Ghost? I ask, as a cool breeze blows through the rafters of the ride. The sound is hollow and sad. The young man nods, snickering. Some say the ride is haunted, he mutters in his best spooky voice. Pharrell though, supposedly some kid died like 30 years ago. Died? I ask. How? What happened? 30 years ago? I tried to remember if I ever read about such a rumor. None came immediately to mind, however. The man put out his hands. Yeah. He came here on a day trip with his elder brother though the guy forgot to fasten him properly. They went around a steep corner and, well, that was it. Got flung right out and broke his neck. I grimace. Didn't fasten him properly? It sounds to me like that was the fault of the ride operators, not the brother. I say this coldly, and the mood sours. All right, the woman says, stepping forward. I think that's enough. Let's just cool down here. Sir, I can assure you that despite your concerns, there is no chance of a boy, or indeed a ghost, being present on this ride. She smirks a little as she says, Ghost. Alas, of course, the boy wasn't wearing a striped shirt, was he? The woman chuckles to herself. The young man grins. The girl, however... Does not. Neither do I. A striped shirt? How does she know? How could she have possibly known that? I can feel the color drain from my face. And I take a horrified step back. The three attendants sense my reaction. And the mood shifts further. It becomes colder. More stilted. The discomfort is like a blanket of ice, I start to stutter out a reply. Yeah, he he was. How did you— The woman waves a hand and brushes my words aside. Alright, enough of this. I don't want to have to deal with any more pranks today. Does she actually believe I'm playing a prank? I'm not so sure. There's something in her eyes. In all of their eyes, actually. Is it fear, perhaps?" The woman turns away. I'll hear no more talk about a boy in the beams. Justin, Rhea, you two go and help this young man find his phone. Check the platforms you can reach by foot, and then lock up for the night. Don't take too long on it. But, 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 Claire, the guy begins, the one called Justin. He looks between us. What if he really- Justin, Claire replies with a snap, her voice wavering ever so slightly. I won't ask again. Go and help this man find his phone. She nods to me curtly. Good night, sir. I hope you've enjoyed your stay at the park. Then away she goes, turning and striding away across the planks of wood, until she begins to make her way down the stairs rounding a corner, and vanishing promptly from sight, with a quick glance over her shoulder. Justin and Rhea exchange glances. Rhea adjusts her hat, right, she says uneasily, sir, if you care to follow me, we'll see if we can find your phone, what the hell is going on? Why are they reacting like this? Surely they don't actually believe there's a ghost, do they? Some spirit trapped here amongst the tracks? So then, what did you see? I ask myself. A boy? A dead boy? Or maybe it was just your imagination after all? I hesitate, but I feel compelled to follow. Hell, maybe I'll be able to retrieve my phone at least. Jack, stay here with this man, all right? I won't be long. Jack cocks his head, his expression confused, but he does what I ask and waits with the operator as I follow the girl called Rhea over to a door at the edge of the platform, one built into the wood. She reaches into her pocket retrieves a jingling keychain, finding the one she's looking for and sliding it into the lock. She pauses, only for a second, and then turns it, allowing the door to creak open. Beyond is a long, thin, narrow walkway of wood, submerged in shadow, crisscrossed with beams of both wood and steel. You say you lost your phone near where the camera goes off? Yeah, that's right. That's also where I saw the... Ride, she interrupts, turning quickly away. Follow me. I don't think we're likely to find it, but we'll have a look for sure. She leads me down the narrow walkway, flicking on a flashlight to help guide us. The light falls across the beams and she moves it from left to right. We descend a steep, still ladder to a platform just below us. This one, too, is long and narrow. It curves around an arc and carries us through the skeleton of the ride. Looking up, I can see some of the rails where the cart was carried across. It's silent now, still and slumbering. Sir, says Rhea, I'm sorry but I can't take you any further, it gets a little dangerous without safety equipment, I'm sorry we couldn't find your phone but hopefully at least you'll see that there's no ghost, I never thought there was a ghost, I reply, perhaps a little too harshly, I was just worried about a kid that's all, you don't have to make fun of me, she backtracks, oh, my apologies, that's not what I meant, maybe we should head back. A quick, faint sound shivers through the rafters above our heads, and I freeze. We both do, Ray and I. For a few long seconds, there is only silence, and then, a little louder, we hear it again. The wind through the rails, it sounds almost like, like whispering. My throat goes deaf dry as this disturbing sound wavers at the edge of my hearing. A shadow dances through the darkness of the beams as the flashlight is swung in a wide arc. Sweat runs cold down the back of my shirt as I find myself stuck to the floor the iron rattling of the coaster's chain starts to grind overhead. The dreadful close-up sounds of the carts of the ride being dragged up the rails. Raya releases a little squeal of distress and in shaking hands, she raises the flashlight to the beams directly above our head. I look up, wincing and find that there is simply nothing there besides still and silent planks of wood, sleeping mechanisms and coils of cable. The carts aren't moving. Of course, the ride has been switched off for the night. The sounds trail away, and there is no movement above us of any kind, any kind at all. There are only shadows. "'Come on,' Raya murmurs. "'I think we should go back.' "'Yeah,' I replied uneasily. "'Yeah, all right.' And so we do. We depart, moving a little hastier than we did on the way down. Back up the ladder, back across that long, narrow platform. And there, there on the ground— heart stops just for a moment because there on the planks by my feet right by the door is my phone what the how did we must have stepped right over it says raya from just behind her voice quiet yeah i murmur yeah i guess so did we really both just walk over it without seeing it I crouch down and grab it up. The screen is cracked and the device is covered in dust. I squint. Wait. What are those? In the dust? Those markings? They look like like little fingerprints. But in my clumsiness, as I try to examine them, I smudge them away. Hey comes the voice of a young boy and a jolt of fear shivers through me i look up but of course it's just jack i try to force myself to calm down calm down calm the hell down there you are he says jumping towards me are you ready to go now i glance back to raya her face pale she looks away yeah i mutter yeah jack i'm ready to go come on buddy let's get out of here and so we do i shoot one last look behind me as we descend the stairs at the two remaining ride operators justin and raya they talk to each other in hushed tones and then go about their business closing down the ride I feel Jack's hand in mine, and I squeeze it as we round the corner, and the two disappear from sight. It's been a month since then, and Jack's been begging me to take him back to the park, back to Gigantis, but I just haven't been able to bring myself to do so. I actually ended up getting my phone fixed not long after the incident on the ride. I got the screen replaced, and the device all fixed up, and I was able to actually use it again. And as luck would have it, there was even some new footage on there, the little video I took of our experience, the point of view short of the coaster hurtling down the tracks, going this way and through the little speckled darkness, and then, there's the moment it slips from my hand the flash of the rights camera. And right there in the background, only for a second, less than a second actually, just for a couple of frames, is the face. I swear it, the highlighted face of the boy in the darkness, crouched and creeping amongst the beams and the rails. Eyes wide and staring, staring right back into mine but that's not the end of it you see despite its crack the phone continued to record even after striking the wood a location that i still do not believe quite matches the place in which i found it you can see the shadows of the coaster in the video the shaking of the wood is clear and one can hear the grinding of the metal, but you can hear something else too. After a while, it's unmistakable. A close, quick breathing. Intense and right by the mic, a shadow appears on screen. A face peers close to the camera and is caught in the light. Then, pale, dark, yet sparkling eyes. The image is blurred as a hand reaches out for the phone. Then colored, pixelated bars glitch across the screen. It judders and freezes, and then that's it. The video simply cuts out. I tried to play it again, but my phone course restarted itself. I tried to find the video in my files to watch it again, but the clip simply vanished. I searched through my entire library and I checked the deleted section, but there was nothing. The video completely disappeared, and I still don't know quite what to make of it. What does it all mean? Was he trying to tell me something? I don't know, but I have some work to do. There is clearly more to uncover here about this mysterious kid, about this boy in the striped shirt.